Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beaver County Kickoff. I am your host, Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, is... Sports reporter, Parker Padiak. Education and sports reporter, Josh Carney. Is it is or is it are? It should be are, because there's two of you, right? I don't know, man. Correct. Right. You know, Josh is the one who edits most of the stories, so <laughs> I, you know, I, if he wants to go in and fix that, he can. If I'm not, good we're at rolling the, with it. Listen, so, I'm good at the written word. Are. I am good at the written word, not the spoken word. Yeah, we we say, are yinzers. It's a good Noah. thing that we don't use words <laughs> we, to make We are yinzers. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, a lot to talk about, as always. A very, very eventful uh, week of football that just passed us uh on, in week seven and we're going to start off the show with recapping that as always we also have a week eight preview and a playoff breakdown as the postseason is now two weeks away we're going to give you a little rundown on how the playoff seating will work who will get in and who is already in but before we do that we got to get into our week seven takeaways probably the most eventful week of high school football that we've seen this year not only locally but throughout the entire wpil and uh, we have some takeaways josh and parth um, you guys kind of have a combined one. I'll let yeah. Parth kind of start wording it out. Yeah, I don't know if this is the correct wording or not. We talked about this before the podcast began recording, but I think several teams across the Whitfield got reality checks. You know, teams that we were higher on maybe in, in the early weeks, we look at them now and say, okay, there's a bigger gap than we thought between those top dogs and their classification versus the teams that we thought, you know, could be contenders. And I think one of those teams would be Western Beaver. Um, you know, they went out there against Stowe Rocks and um, – you know, I personally thought it would be a better game, but they go out there and lose 41-0. I know Stowe Rocks has hung, you know, 80, 60, those kind of numbers on teams. But um, Western Beavers is up-and-coming team with a first-year coach that I thought, you know, could be this dark horse contender in, in 2A. And uh, they did not look like that contender at all, you know, on Saturday against Stowe Rocks. Josh. Yeah, Western Beavers is a team I've covered pretty closely this year. They're, they're, they're solid, but uh... – I mean, Stow Rocks is is Stow Rocks, and they've been Stow Rocks for a reason for a long time. Uh, another team that had a, a wake up call or a reality check, like Part said, is is Olsh. I mean, Olsh was firmly in the top five in one A in the Beaver County Times rankings much of the year, uh, and then obviously they uh, got the doors blown off of them by Rochester in a big rivalry game that put Rochester back on the map. Then Olsh goes on the road, goes to overtime with Union. And then this past week uh, on Saturday at Moon Area High School, they lost to Shenango 14-7. to uh, Their touchdown came on the last play of the game. Olsh has fallen off in the last three weeks. Uh, I know that Shenango was highly ranked um, coming into the year, but uh, they weren't the team that many expected. But that's a game Olsh has to win at home. And, yeah. and there are many questions uh, about the Chargers uh, heading into the playoffs. And, yeah, the, the Olsh thing – the Western Beaver thing doesn't necessarily surprise me, and I will give them credit in this, where not many teams actually finished a game against Stowe Rocks. Yeah, That's how physical and, and dominant they are, where Olsh, or uh, Western Beaver was able to get through four quarters. However, Western Beaver is a playoff team. They should be able to do that. And um, from the quotes that you were given in your story, Parth, it looked like some kids, you know, they, it, they felt like they had really met their match in that game, and uh, maybe they weren't necessarily prepared the way they should have been. So... I don't know. I wasn't there to watch it. I, I kind of expected a little bit more of a battle between those teams as well. However, it does go to show that in every class of the Whippeal, especially the lower levels, there's the elite and then there's the good. And there's a big difference between the elite and the good. And there are a couple of elite teams in 2A. And Stowe Rocks is obviously leading the charge there. So it, it, it was an eye-opener. But to go at, to go at Olsh real quick here, <clears throat> Olsh just a couple weeks ago looked to have – it's it's 
they look to have the perfect road to winning a yeah. conference championship because they had some big games, but all of them are at home. And now they, they get blown out by Rochester at home, who, granted, was healthier than they've been in other weeks, but still didn't have Parker Lyons. And they get blown out on their home field there. And then they lose to Shenango at home. And, and Shenango is a better team than what their record indicates. I mean, some of their losses are to really good teams like Laurel and Neshanik and, and Tuway. Yeah. Both of them are already playoff teams. But you can't lose that game. You just can't. And now, looking forward, even if they put the Rochester thing in the past, if they beat Shenango, uh, yeah. they have one more game to win. And then they play Cornell on senior night for the conference title, essentially. But now that's that's gone. Like yeah. they're gonna need Cornell to 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 trip over its own feet. And I don't know if that's gonna happen. And and that's just it's disappointing if you're the Chargers because they have the talent, they have the coaching. I I, I don't really know what went what went wrong there. You could blame injuries, but I mean you look around the county, yeah, everyone is injured yeah, right, right now. Right. So that's not necessarily an excuse. I mean, hell, Cor- Cornell lost its starting quarterback and it got better. So that's that's just the way things have been going. I want to talk about another team that had to kind of look in the mirror. Um, I have a couple points I wanted to take for week seven because you and Parth kind of had the same takeaway here. Sure. And uh, I want to talk about Rochester real quick. Rochester is going to end up with a, a, an average seed. They're probably going to finish second or third in the conference here, depending on uh, what Olsh does these last couple of weeks. Like if Olsh is able to get it together and upset Cornell, Cornell probably still wins the conference. Oh, they definitely do win. Um, but Rochester might still finish ahead of them. If Olsh loses one more or whatever, uh, Rochester's not going to be the top seed, which we thought was going to be the case, especially after they beat Olsh. Um, but I would not count out Rochester where these, these Olsh losses, I, I don't know how far they can go in the playoffs now. And same goes for Western Beaver Mm -hmm. Rochester, that loss that they had to Union, they were missing half of their starting lineup. And this loss that they had to Cornell, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Cornell. Cornell won that game. Rochester's a tough place to win on the road, and that's a tough football team. And they still had some key players, but they were missing Jerome Mullins. They still didn't have Parker Lyons. And those guys matter on a, on a single-A team. They do. And, you, you know, they're not known for passing without Parker. But if Jerome Mullins is on the field, he's probably able to run down Timothy Henderson on one of those two big, long touchdowns that he had. Yeah. Who knows? So I think that Rochester, despite their seeding that they're going to get once they qualify for the playoffs, they're going to probably end up being maybe a five or a six. And if, it could be even worse depending on how they finish here. I still wouldn't be shocked to see them in Heinz Field, especially if they're on the opposite really? end of Clarendon's bracket. I, yeah. I still think Rochester top to bottom. And again, this is no disrespect to Cornell. Oh. I really like what uh, Coach Ed's doing there. And, and I love I, I love what they do on offense, defense, how they play, that underdog, you know, villain mentality. That's great. But I still think Rochester, when healthy, is probably the second most talented team in Whitfield Class A behind Clarendon. So I, 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 I'm not counting out the Rams yet by a long shot. My other takeaway is... Um, I was wrong about Beaver. I, I, I looked at Beaver in the beginning of the year and I, I saw what they were trying to do and I didn't think it was sustainable. But what Wyatt Ringer did last weekend was Russell Shell last. I mean, that that's a Russell Shell stat line. 48 carries, 164 yards, four touchdowns. And Russell never threw the ball five times in a game, maybe once or <laughs> twice. But, you know, he was three of five for 95 yards and a, and a touchdown pass as well. Um, I, I knew Beaver was going to have that good defense. I, I, I had no doubt about that. They're, they're always a physical team. It's a physical school and court Rouse. I mean, he's a defensive head coach. That's, that's what, that's his MO. He's a defense. He's a defense guy. I think he was the DC when I played against him when I was in high school. So, he was, he was. Yeah. 
So I, I knew their defense was going to be good. I did not expect the offense to, and, it, and the offense hasn't been amazing. I, I don't know. I think that's the most points they've scored in a conference game by far. And uh, aside from, you know, their games against Hopewell or Quaker Valley or teams like that, they really haven't lit up the scoreboard, but they've done enough to get the job done. And they're not putting Wyatt, a guy who's not a natural quarterback, they're not putting him in, in these situations where he's going to th- throw and have to make hard throws when he is throwing it's simple it's enough to move the sticks and and uh yeah i give him props why it's far from a one-man show i mean there's other guys on that beaver team who are making big contributions on both sides of the ball but i i I gotta tip my cap because it looks like beaver's gonna be a playoff team i don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs but you know if you can beat teams like chartier's valley and uh from the looks of it obviously they they didn't get they didn't come close to beating Aliquippa, but they didn't get blown out. Like thirty-five to seven against a team like that, that's that's a respectable battle in in compared to what Aliquippa is doing to other teams in that conference. So, yeah, you know, I got to tip my cap to them. They're 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 a lot better than I thought they would be. So, you know, they can call, keep calling me out on Twitter, I guess, as a <laughs> hater, but I, I'm fine with that. I, I like I like that you know they're involved and they're invested in their own success. That's that's cool. So, guys, any final thoughts before we move on to the next segment? No, I mean, I, I just echo what you say about Beaver. Um, you know, I've been to a couple of their games, and it's not pretty it, at all. Um, you know, it's not pretty at all, but they, they find a way, man. And, and that's I, I a want to add one last team. thing. Um, that Western Beaver loss is the only thing really holding them back from having yeah. even a beautiful like – if their if their only loss going into the week eight is Aliquippa, is Aliquippa, you're having a really good season. And granted, they did not have a very strong non conference schedule. Western Beaver is going to be a playoff team, but it's a playoff team and a classification two down from theirs. And then their other games were against like Hopewell, you know. So right, it's it's not like they played like world beaters in the non conference, but you still got to win those games. And, and I mean, yeah. still to only have two losses going this far in the year is impressive. But that was a game that they probably should have won. And, and I'll be honest. It. Yeah, I'll be honest. If there was three more minutes in that game, they would have Beaver probably. wins that game. Yeah. So, and, and that's one where, yeah, you know, you, you you can't go back and change things. But if if they found a way to win that one, their resume looks even better. It changes Not, the, yeah. It just because they're a one loss team going in, and <laughs> and that really doesn't change much because it's a non conference loss. But still, it just looks a little bit better. And there's probably a lot less doubters on the Bobcats. But nonetheless, still a very impressive year. They've got two games left this season. Um, and, uh, you know, Montour and Blackhawk, they're, they're, you never know what you're going to get from either one of those. But winnable but, games, nonetheless. Yes, yeah. winnable games for, for no doubt. So we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to break down the playoff uh, seating. Things have been a little crazy in the last couple of Whippeal football seasons. More of a traditional format this year. We're going to get into that coming up now. So guys, Whip Eel playoffs are only a couple weeks away. I, I say that to start pretty much every show, like, oh, it's it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But I mean, it, there's already teams that have clinched their spots. I mean, I think in some classifications, I think double A, almost half the field's already been decided. Yeah. So it, it's really starting to shape up here. Um, there, there are two, there's a couple matchups this week, even in our area between two teams that have already qualified for the postseason. So it, it is really getting exciting. And as we approach it, I was thinking like last week, 
how I mean, it's it's my job, obviously, to know how this kind of stuff works, how the seeding goes, how many teams get in. And because of all the changes recently, where a couple of years ago we had teams in different classifications than where they are now. And last year we had a pandemic where every postseason bracket was a smaller bracket because of COVID. So this year things are back to quote unquote normal. However, it's a normal that we haven't seen because some of these teams are new to their classifications. So I, I wrote a story. It, it came out Wednesday afternoon, um, and uh, it basically breaks down everything that you need to know for the postseason, what teams have qualified, how many teams have got, are, are already in, and uh, you know what teams are on the fence right now, all of that good stuff. We're going to talk about it now, see how we feel about certain things, and uh, just look everything over. So we'll start with Class 6A. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this one. There's five teams that will qualify. Um, three teams will get a first round by while there will be a play uh, play in game between seats four and five. Um, and every in every division, excuse me, every classification, the conference champions will get a home game for their first round. And then they will um, the the higher seed, the better seed will be home field advantage until the semifinals. So the semifinals will be a neutral site. And for every championship besides 6A, it will be at Heinz Field. So just looking around at that, you know, 6A, it's it's pretty clean cut, you know, what it's going to be, those five teams. We can move forward there to 5A where you look at the teams in 5A, there's going to be 12 that qualify. It's the top four in each of the three classifications. And there's some interesting buzz going around this one. Just looking here, um, there's three teams that have already qualified, and that's Moon, who's 8-0, Penn Trafford, who's 6-2. and Those are the top two teams in the Whitfield. And then you have Bethel Park, who qualified because they – They've won three straight in conference play, and they're guaranteed a top four spot. So they're one of three teams that are already in out of 12. And you take a look at some of the other schools that have a chance now. West Allegheny is one of them, a team that we thought was dead because they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their their Gronk-esque tight end in Devin Zerwas. Yeah. But now with Peters Township falling apart, with them getting a huge upset victory over South Fayette, you see West A in there. And uh, things could be really interesting. Guys, you know, are you shocked to see the Indians still around in this conversation here with two weeks Absolutely. left? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 no disrespect to West Day whatsoever. It's a historic <laughs> program, but you lose, you, you lose those two guys offensively. Uh, I mean, I know Deshaun Spencer is there and, and Noden Tracy, but man, you lose arguably the best quarterback in the Whippy and Gavin Miller. And Parth, you've been around that program a ton, but you lose that guy in today's game and it's so quarterback driven. Right. I I'm honestly stunned that they're around and obviously they're, they're near the bottom of the bracket. Um, currently the, the 11 seed at this point, but it's stunning that they're there. I mean, I, I, I wrote them off uh, full disclosure. I wrote them off when I found out that Gavin Miller was out I'm like, they're done. They're, they're done. You know, they have Spencer and Tracy, but that's not enough. And uh, just credit to that program. You know, they've stuck around, they found way to win. And uh, it's it's kept them in the playoff picture. No, just the Josh, like you said, the combination of, of everything. It's like a perfect storm. You know, they 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 started off really hot. You know, I covered that game against Shaler, and they they certainly beat the brakes off of Shaler. We and talked about is is West Day back? You yeah. know, like a yeah, that was a, that was a conversation point on yep. this podcast, and that was kind of what my story was about. Like, hey, they're they're relevant again after you know x amount of years, and then they go and, and lose three straight. They lose those three games, and they lose Gavin Miller, and you're like, uh. Maybe not. Um, I guess we got to see more. You know, they, they beat South Fayette in a statement victory, but we, we've got to see more. They've got um, 
they got two more games here, Peters Township and Moon. Yeah, and they're going to need to win both, or uh, they're going to need help if they can only right. get one win there. Right. But to give you an idea how crazy 5A is, Kiski area was a team that was in our top five just yeah. a couple weeks ago. They're not even a playoff team right now. If, if the season ended today, they're the first team out. So that's just how crazy things are. I mean, Pine Richland was number three in the Whippeal, number two for other outlets. Um, they're the fourth team in. They're the final team in out of the Northeast right now. So after Moon and Penn Trafford, it's really a mess where Upper St. Clair, West Allegheny, Battle Park, you don't really know what you're getting with any of those schools. Battle Park seems to be playing the best as of right now. Um, like, who's the three seed? Is it Gateway? Is it is it Penn Hills? Is it North Hills? I, I don't know if a conference champion from the Northeast is going to have a better resume than Gateway, uh, whose yeah. losses are to, you know, Penn Trafford and Thomas Jefferson. Like those are those are good losses. So I, I the seeding is going to be interesting. And the reason I bring up the seeding is because we've talked about in the press. Where is Pine Richland going to be seated? Where yeah. you know they have these ugly losses, like they lost in North Hills last weekend. But that's still a really good football team that can beat any team, six A through one A. It's and Pine Richland area on the on any given night. So yeah. just seeing you know with the, with if the Rams finish in fourth place in their conference. That means they're going to be like a 13 seed, a 12 seed, something like that. And that's that's a dangerous underdog. And I, I, just real quick, I, you did a mock-up of, of yeah. a bracket. Penn Hills at the 10 seed, like that's a dangerous low seed. Like 5A, yeah. 5A is wide open. 5A, I, yeah, 5A is – I know yeah, Moon there's, is, is there's, the there's right no now, real but... clear-cut nope. team besides Moon. And Penn Trafford, like those two teams, you can pretty much pencil them in, into the semis, but yeah. it would, I wouldn't be shocked if both of them were playing double digit seeds to go to Heinz field. Yeah. So we'll move forward to four a now, uh, the number of teams that qualify in this one are 13. Um, it's the top four teams in the parkway and the, uh, Allegheny or yeah, the big eight in the parkway top four teams. And then the greater Allegheny, because there are more teams in that there are five teams that will qualify from there which is unfortunate because I think that's far and away the third best conference out of all of them. Like, I think that's the worst in um, 4A where I think there's more talent in the Parkway and in the Big 8. However, that's just the way things work because of alignment. Right now, Bell Vernon, McKeesport, Aliquippa, and TJ are all in the uh, playoff discussion. They've all punched their ticket, and I, I think that those are your top four seeds. You know, Hampton, I think, despite being undefeated, I, I don't know if the Whitfield is going to respect that record. You've seen that in the past where certain schools, I mean, my alma mater, for example, was one of them where there was a year Burgettstown was the only undefeated team in 2A, yet they got like a three seat or something. So I wouldn't be shocked to see if, if um, you know, Hampton gets maybe a four or even a five, just looking at the the, the caliber of teams ahead of them with Aliquippa, McKeesport, and Thomas Jefferson, I wouldn't be shocked to see those teams snag some higher seeds. But you look at the teams getting in here right now, if the season ended, um, Beaver would be the second team out of the parkway, which is just, you know, mind-blowing considering what we thought that was going to be Blackhawk. We thought that was going to be Newcastle. You know, there were so many teams that we thought that would be rather than Beaver, but there the Bobcats are right there. That That's probably a home game in week one. Which I mean, that's that's a remarkable turnaround for Court Rouse in his first year. Um, but I mean, my my big takeaway here, guys, as I, I sent you my little mock, these four teams from the Big Eight are loaded with Bell Vernon, McKeesport, Thomas Jefferson coming in at number three, and then <laughs> Laurel Highlands. And TJ is going to eventually get its way back up to number two. But holy cow, those are four teams that can go really far. 
And it's just those four, Aliquippa and Hampton, who I think can really win it all. So anything to add on that? Sleeping on my Highlands Rams, I see, Noah. Yes, I am. No, I I, I tweeted this out Friday night. Um, You know, Aliquippa again showed they are head and shoulders above everyone else in the 4A Parkway. And I think, I, I know that you're still very high on Thomas Jefferson and rightfully so, but I really think that there's a gap between Bell Vernon and Aliquippa and then TJ, in my opinion. My, my only concern about the Quips is this, is that I do think that they could probably beat TJ this year, especially with the revenge factor on their mind coming, mm-hmm. you know, after losing to them in overtime last year in the Whitfield Championship. However, that's going to take a lot out of them. Yeah. And having to beat Thomas Jefferson and then Bell Vernon in back-to-back weeks to, to win in order to win a Whitfield Championship, that's going to be tough. So yeah. it, it, it will be interesting, though, if TJ does lose to McKeesport, if if McKeesport ended up at, at the three there where making Aliquippa it a little could, easier. Yeah. Aliquippa could get a little bit of an easier road. So yeah. you never know how these things are going to be seated out here. So we'll move over now to three. A. You take a look here. Um, it's just the top four teams in each of the three conferences that will qualify. And uh, this one, as I've said earlier in the year, it, it's just going to be a, a nice little, a nice little breeze to Heinz field for central Valley. Just, there's there's been a couple of teams that have qualified here. Central Valley, North Catholic, both of them are undefeated. Avonworth seven and one. That's who Central Valley plays this week, which we'll talk about a little later in the show. Elizabeth Forward and Freeport also have punched their ticket. Um, the top four teams will get first round buys. Um, this is similar to how it works in five A. And I just look at this, and um, the most interesting takeaway in this one is uh, Ambridge or Quaker Valley are going to be a playoff team. One of those two teams. Uh, both went winless last year. Ambridge has won two games in their last, I think, 53 contests. And yeah, Quaker Valley didn't win a game last year either. And both of them, I mean, QV, if they beat Ambridge, that'll be their third win. So they will be a three-win playoff team. If Ambridge wins, they're going to be a two-win playoff two win. team. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't think they're going to try. Oh, no, they won't have to worry about a Central Valley first-round matchup because CV will have the bye. Right. But, Wow. Sure, McBride taking them to the playoffs this first year. It's it's just an interesting dynamic part. That's the game you're going to be at. Uh, I just want to get your takeaway on yep. that kind of scenario. It's exciting. And, no, we talked about this last night, and I asked you, like, has this ever happened before? And I guess it is is more common than I gave it credit for. But it's, it's, more, it's more common now that there's six classifications. This didn't happen when there were four classifications. No. But now that there are six, you have more teams getting into the playoffs because there's six brackets compared to four of them. Right, but they they need to fix this. Like whatever it's like the the alignment or the number of bids that are you know given out per classification. Like there's there's no way that a, a two win or a three win team should be in the playoffs. Right? Is that fair to say? You would think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I see positives and negatives for both sides. <laughs> I mean, it's it's something where a program. I look at it this way: for a program like Ambridge to make the playoffs. Even though they won two games, that's something where that gives kids confidence, where it's like saying, hey, you know, we don't need to be perfect right now. We just need to be better than what we were. And we're at least in the conversation and just having playoff experience where Ambridge would play looking at the bracket now, who would they or if if they won or Ambridge or Quaker Valley, they'd play a team like Southmoreland, where I don't know if they necessarily get crushed. By Southmoreland, I think the score would probably be like 42-14, something like that. But it wouldn't be like 60 to nothing, no. which has been the case sometimes in the first round when like an Avella would be seated against Clarendon. 
which has happened, and where I think it was like eighty-four nothing or something yes, like that in the God. first round. So and here's the thing, too, though, just to to add on to that, you talk about confidence. That's also going to help either program have more kids potentially come out. Yeah, like we can. We're we're a playoff team. We're like, we're yeah, playoff. Yeah, you know, you yeah. can walk through the halls, your chest puffed out. We're a playoff team. Come and join those, us. You know, there's a lot of freshmen. There's a lot of sophomore who play on both Ambridge and Quaker Valley. And just the, the ability to say, hey, we made the playoffs and we think we're going to be better than we were next year. and la- Or we, we think we're going to be even better next year. And if we were a playoff team this year and we win a couple more games, maybe we'll be a home playoff team next year. You know, like it's, it's, it's just, it just it's, it's, for sure. And I think but, that's, what I, that's what I try to write about with uh, on the yeah. Sher McBride being honored at that Steelers game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, you know, more than anything else, like, you know, sure, they haven't made – giant strides nobody expected them to in, in year one under mcbride but he's gave these kids some form of tangible hope yeah you know that that one win and just being competent just yeah, being yeah. competent he, week in and week out and having a chance score, scoring consistent he, points he moving the ball. yeah having like, a game plan yeah i agree yeah. all right we'll move now to two a and this is one where there's 16 teams that qualify this is this is the how every kind of whip your bracket look like when you know I was in high school a decade ago and same for Josh where <laughs> it's 16 teams however it's not the top four that go in it's it's the top four for Allegheny in the Century Conference the MAC which is the team that has the most Beaver County schools and it um there's five teams that will go in there and it's the three rivers will uh take the the um three spots so the three rivers and I believe actually the is it the Century or the Allegheny? No, it's the Allegheny. So the Three Rivers and the Allegheny both get three automatic yes. bids. And then the fourth seed uh, out of those two is determined by Gardner points, which we don't really have the time to break down. That's going to take strange. like an hour. It's very weird, and it's a lot of effort to determine who's going to be the 16 seed. So we're just going to avoid that conversation. But <laughs> the takeaway here is that, you know, there's going to probably be five teams or at least four because I think um, Steel Valley will have to play um, someone, Sarah Catholic, Steel Valley and Sarah Catholic will have to play. And so one of them will lose that game, but there's going to be probably at least three to four undefeated teams going into this. And the seeding is going to be interesting right now. I have it being Stowe rocks, one Sarah Catholic, two wash high three and Laurel four. But after that, I mean, you look, I mean, there's, there's a lot of Beaver County schools that still have a chance to make the playoffs. Like freedom, I think can still sneak in as that fifth team out of the Mac, you, you know, Right now, Nishanik's the number two, but Beaver Falls has a good chance to pass them if they win on Friday here. And, you know, if Beaver Falls is the number two team out of here, you have to assume they're seated no lower than maybe six. And that that gives them a good spot where if they can beat maybe a wash high in the second round, they're back in the semifinals and anything can happen. Um, There's a lot of teams, obviously, in this postseason bracket. Um, But I just look at some of the bottom teams in the standings here. Ligonier Valley is going to be third place out of their conference. That's a really good football team. McGuffey is going to be third place out of the century. That's a really good football team. Nishanik or Beaver Falls is going to be third place. Or Mohawk is going to be third place in the MAC. That's a really good football. Those are good football teams. And Western Beaver and Southside, they're going to be two and three out of their conference. So I just think the, these these lower seed or these higher seeds in two A, they're going to be problems. And uh, for the sake of time, we're just going to breeze through one A real quick. Um, it's just the top five teams in each of the three conferences get in. Uh, only teams to, to book their trips right now are Canavan, Clarendon, uh, Cornell, West Green, and am I missing one more? Carmichael's. Those yeah. are the five that uh, have booked their trips, and a couple more can uh, with a win here. Olsh and Rochester both get in with a win. Those are the two local teams that need to get victories to uh, advance the postseason. Also in two-way, Western Beaver and Southside can qualify with victories on Friday. Um, and as we talked about, 
a ton now with uh, the Big Seven. We still don't really even know. I mean, Cornell is going to win it, but is Cornell better than Rochester when Rochester's healthy? It, it's it's a topic that needs to be discussed. And Clarendon is probably going to be the one seed, but Clarendon hasn't been the dominant Clarendon that we all know and love. I mean, they beat Greensburg Central Catholic only by a touchdown last week. They were in a tough game against Leechburg. They've lost the two really good 2A teams, but the Clarendon teams of the past, they haven't lost those games. They're they're blowing out Washai. They're blowing out Steel Valley. So it's wide open. Not Not a lot. <laughs> to even predict just, here in 1A. It's just, just kind of the wild, wild west. Yeah, looking at your 1A mock bracket, like Old Springdale in the first round, like that's that March Madness matchup. You circle, you're like, yep, upset. <laughs> like that's that's where I think it is. Like there is chaos that's going to happen in this yep. 1A bracket. Like it, that's going to be a ton of fun to follow. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we have our picks for week eight of the Whippeal High School football season. A lot of great matchups and actually some parody uh, which is a little rare uh, for this show uh, when it comes to our picks. So when we return, you'll get all of that and more. All right, fellas, it's pick time. We went pretty long in those first two segments, so we're going to try to breeze through these, but there are some good games to get into here. Uh, quick look at the standings. Josh is still alone in first place at 90 and 18. Bill Ullman is in second place with a record of 89 and 19. Parth and Joe are tied for third, 88 and 20. I am in fifth place at 87 and 21. And the basement, a.k.a. the house on paper, is still in last place at 84 and 24. Um, but I think there's going to be some moving this week. There's a lot of uh, different picks in these games here, and we'll just get into the matchups now. First game is Quaker Valley at Ambridge. And like we said before, this is for a playoff spot. Just a one-win team, your classic one-win team versus a two-win team for a spot in the playoffs. Something you don't really say that often. Um, and it's five to one Ambridge. Josh, you're the only one to take the Quakers. Why is that? Uh, you know, I I've been sleeping on the Quakers all year. Uh, we've certainly heard about that, and uh, <laughs> I, I just like what they have at this point. I mean, it, it feels like they've figured it out offensively. They put up you know a ton of points and yardage in recent weeks. And and Patrick Cutchamber is is he's good. He's quite the running back, and yeah. I, you know, it comes down to to athletes. And while I think Ambridge certainly has the better athletes, Quaker Valley is is rolling right now offensively. So absolutely, um, I just think Ambridge. When you talked about athletes, I actually think Ambridge has the better athletes. I think yeah. Ambridge has been further battle tested. You look at some of the teams that they've played um, this year, just in non conference, they've played you know teams well above their area. You know. Blackhawk, Aliquippa being a couple of them. So they're, I think they're ready to go. And I, I do think this will be a good game, though. Moving forward, um, probably the best game in the Whitfield this week, uh, Central Valley at Avonworth. And uh, CV is a, across the board, pick 6-0. This isn't CV's toughest challenge because they played Aliquippa uh, earlier this year in what was a really close game. But I don't think this will be a running clock game. I think this will be maybe like 35-10. Yeah. But I, I could be wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Central Valley did blow them out because that's just how good they are. But Avonworth is no slouch. They're number three in the Whippy Ole for Class 3A in our poll. I, yeah, I just want to see who Avonworth is at this point. So. Moving forward now, and this is another really, really big game. Nishanik for, in, at Beaver Falls. This is for second place in the MAC essentially. And uh, Nishanik has the better, better record, only one loss on the season. However, you look at their wins, their best win this year is – against Southside, and that was a Southside team that had a lot of injuries. You know, they still have yet to play Laurel. They lost to Mohawk. 
where Beaver Falls, you look at their losses, they've they've lost to some real teams. So we all love uh, we all love Beaver Falls here. Um, Parth, you actually took Nishanik aside from everyone else, went five to one against you. Yep. What what are what are you not seeing from Beaver Falls that leads you to take the Lancers? Yeah, this was tough because Beaver Falls, like we said, it's been a team that's been um, down, up, and down again kind of team. You know, they haven't really shown consistency. Is that is that fair to say, guys? I mean, I think they have. Where it's like they started their season zero and three, and they've won four straight. So they started slow, but they're they're probably the hottest team in Beaver County right now. I don't know. I just feel like Nishanik has a not even the body of work because, like we said, they haven't beaten too many quality opponents. But um, I just feel like they've they've shown more across an eight week slate. Um, and they were the safer pick for me. Yeah, Nishanik is good at, at everything, so I think it's yeah. It's that's certainly... not. I mean, it'll be a good game. Yeah, for sure. it's it's certainly understandable to see Parth there. That was a tough one, but yeah, I, I'm riding Beaver Falls at this point. They're they're red hot in my opinion. Aliquippa Blackhawk is our next game. We all like the Quip six zero in that one. Western Beaver Carlington is uh, our next game, and we all like the Golden Beavers to bounce back after a loss there. That will get them into the Class Two A playoffs with a victory. Cornell Fort Cherry. I want to take some time to talk about this one. Um, Cornell, we have winning across the board six to nothing here, but there is a part of me that is concerned about Cornell overlooking this game. Uh, when I talked to their players after, they were really excited for a matchup against Olsh, which is. Not this Friday. It's two <laughs> weeks from now. And uh, I mean, and it's it's weird to see. I mean, and that that's the type of mentality they have where they want to take on the big bad teams. They want to go into your house and 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 ruin your day. And that's great <laughs> to see. But like this is their senior night. You would think that that would be the one <laughs> that they're really excited to play in. And they're kind of looking past Fort Cherry. I think Cornell's the better football team. I think this is going to be a really tight uh, game because Fort Cherry is no slouch of an opponent. That's always a consistently good program. It's not an amazing program, but that'll be a hard-fought game. I still think Cornell gets the win, but I think it's closer than uh, Coach Coach Dawson would like it to be. Could be a um, trap game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Laurel, Elwood City, this is the un, unbeaten versus the winless. Uh, we all like Laurel in that one. Six to nothing across the board. Mohawk Freedom. Mohawk, a surprisingly sneaky good team. They're the only team to beat Cornell this year. Freedom, a team that uh, has won more recently than it's lost, although it has lost. It did lose last week pretty bad to Beaver yeah. Falls. It still has a chance to snag that final playoff spot from the MAC, uh, but we're all going with Mohawk in that one. Keystone Oaks. Oh, actually. I took freedom in that one. So. Oh, wait, you did. I'm yes, sorry. I, did. I misread that. So Josh <laughs> yes. has freedom over Mohawk. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> I just, I believe in the, the offensive talent freedom has. And, and Mohawk has been so up and down, so inconsistent. I know we talked earlier, they beat Nishanik, but they've also struggled at key points. And this is a pivotal home game for freedom. They've got to figure it out. Uh, and I, I think they do. But this is one of those ugly 17, 16 it like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it'll be a mess, but I have freedom at home and um, yeah, we, we shall see how that, that one turns out. All right. Moving forward. Keystone Oaks at hope while we all like the Eagles six Oh over the Vikings there Beaver at Montour. We all like Beaver, which again, still crazy that we're picking Beaver over Montour in a key playoff uh, implication contest there. Um, Moon will host Bethel park. These are two teams uh, that are playoff they're already in the postseason. I don't think Moon's foot's going to come off the gas at all there. And while Bethel Park has played these uh, opponents in their conference really tough, I still think Moon is the top dog in 5A. Uh, the Tigers improved to 9-0. and Everyone else echoes that sentiment, and they are 6-0 uh, across our board. Old shit, Northgate. Northgate's been a weird team. They played some teams very tough this year. They beat Union. 
um, who beat Rochester and who gave Olsh a really good game. Uh, but the Chargers, you know, this is must win. And if they win, they're in. They're in the playoffs. Then the seeding will all figure itself out. However, um, you never know with this Olsh team what you're going to get, especially on their home field. Good news for them is they're away, and we all like Olsh 6-0. Uh, probably the, the most parity here on the board is West Allegheny at Peters Township, where we have um, three West A and three Peters Township. I, I myself am going with Peters Township, as is Josh um, and Joe. I believe yes, yes, Joe and the house Parth and bill are all going with the Indians. Um, I don't know. I mean, these are two teams trending in opposite directions. Peters townships lost three straight and they're all conference games where West Allegheny's looking like they they're starting to piece it together with that win over South Fayette that no one saw coming no. Parth, Why'd you go with West day? Just what you just said. You know, I think just the way they beat South Fayette 28, nothing that made a statement. Certainly. And I think even with the losses of, of Gavin Miller and, and, and Zervos, you know, they've, they've, they're starting to gel. They're starting to put together. Whereas Peters Township, you look at some of their losses recently. Sure, it's yes. been to, you know, it's, they've, they've been yeah. to good teams. They lost to Upper St. Clair Moon and Bethel Park. But just the, the fashion in which they lost, um, yeah. it doesn't inspire much confidence. Yeah, it's, that, it's weird because the way they lost to Moon was a very close game, but then they get blown out by their rival two South Hills rivals really at their, <laughs> on their home field. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It, that 38 to eight score line from Bethel park, it, it, it made no sense yeah. for Peters township, but uh, that's a good program. I think they're going to figure it out this week and uh, get back on track here. All right. To wrap it up real quick, new Brighton at Riverside, new Brighton. Uh, we have winning six, uh, cross, six Oh across the board there, Rochester at Shenango. Uh, 6-0 across the board. We'll, we'll do a little more analysis on that game as we wrap this up. And Seton LaSalle, Southside, uh, Southside, 6-0 across the board. That will punch their ticket um, to the two-way playoffs. Uh, real quick as we wrap this up, Rochester-Shenango, I do want to say Shenango is is a trap game. I mean, they are a good team. They're, they're a playoff team here by the end of the year, I think. I think they're the fourth team to come out of that, or the fifth team, excuse me, to come out of that conference. Maybe even the fourth team ahead of Fort Cherry where – you look at their losses. I mean, you, you know, they have a losing record, but they lost to Nishanik and Laurel in the non-conference and some of their conference losses. I mean, they lost to Cornell and I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Rochester can go in, especially with the injury problems they continue to have can go in and, and have their way with this team. I think it's going to be a hard fought win, but if the Rams go and get the job done, they're going dancing once again in class a, uh, guys, anything to add on that or anything else as we wrap this up? Yeah, I just want to know who Rochester is at this point. I thought I had a good feel of who they were uh, when I did the In the Trenches piece a couple weeks ago, but uh, clearly uh, injuries are continuing to bite them, and we just don't know who they are. So um, we just have to see who Rochester is at this point. I thought they were back. I thought the Rams were back, you know, when they had yeah. that big win against Olsh. You know, we talked about that, you know, on and off this podcast, and – and now they're kind of wavering again. So I guess, yeah, Josh, like you said, we'll see, you know, will the real Rams please stand up? And I guess they'll, you know, they'll stand up on Friday night. All right. Be sure to uh, hit that subscribe all button. If you haven't already follow us on all of our social media platforms and keep heading to timesonline.com for all of your sports news, anything, all of your local coverage here. But on Friday nights, we got the we got the best sports coverage. So make sure you head there a little extra <laughs> on Friday nights. For Josh and Parth, I'm Noah Ohio signing off saying, hey, we'll see you next week.